Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry, Max and Edward in this region. David will not actually be joining us uh, for this uh, recording session. Uh, He is on his book tour. He is promoting his new romance novel entitled We Met in the Lower Gladys. Guys, 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 it's happy times again. Again. You know, this is back-to-back-to-back, just non-losses. This just feels good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feels weird. It's still. <laughs> Again. You know, this is back-to-back-to-back, just non-losses. This just feels mm-hmm. good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feels weird. It's still. <laughs> uh so we've got we've got another packed show as usual, rocking uh, four segments this time. So let's go over this for the podcasters out there. For you podcasters out there, we're gonna do our Swansea reaction because both those guys were there. All right. Woo! Then we're going to discuss transfer rumors because you know something we're gonna be trying to do one a week because there's always new ones every week and we got a lot of them. Some, some are not right, some are, some are maybe on point. We'll see, all right? Next, we're going to talk about the atmosphere in Goodison Park. Both these guys have been there a lot this season. We're going to talk about that compared to seasons past and what the comparisons are like, because there's been a lot of talk about the atmosphere in Goodison lately, all right? And lastly, we're going to do a Chelsea preview, because we've got them this, this weekend. So let us begin. Let us react to the Swansea match, all right? Uh, both you guys were there. I was not. Again, couldn't make it. Uh, so which which of you two wants to get things started? Max, I'll let you take the lead. Right on. Well, the first half was very drab. I think um, we we ha- we didn't have as much of the ball as I'd have hoped. Um, we were playing a lot of football in our own half. Um, you know, and as, as you mentioned there, as we're going to get into later about the atmosphere around Goodison Park, um, the crowd was really just wanting us to play football in, in their half because it was, you know, it was good. Um, there was a lot of good pass, pass and move, move um, play, pieces of play going on, um, particularly from Idrissa Gay. Um, he, he had the freedom to roam all game. But in that, in that first half, it was almost as if he was trying to, you know, Push the push the lads further up the field to get get them to play in Swansea's half, and it just you know we couldn't really find the breakthrough, and then obviously they they get a goal from the set piece, and it looked like their tails went up a little bit. Um, they looked like you know everyone behind the ball frustrates us and trying this us on the counter, and I, you know as I was watching, I was saying you know we we really could do with a goal before half time here because I don't <laughs> want to be going in half time one nil down. And you know, luckily enough, you know, we managed to get the penalty, which was poor in my opinion by Wayne Rooney. But you know, thank God, DCL right place, right time. And um, I think the the pivotal point in the game was that piece of magic by Gilfie, um, absolute rocket to the goal. Uh, muted celebrations, but I think it gave all the other lads a big big lift. And from there, I think we just got confidence. And you know it, it it showed it shown really 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw the game out particularly well. Um, yeah, after we talked the uh, last week about how this could be a banana skin game, all right, um, I started thinking about it. And I realized most of the games we played lately, we've been kind of sitting back, sitting back and just weathering the attack and then going. And it occurred to me, I was like, wow, we might actually try to play a little bit more football this time. And that could throw us off because they could do exactly what we do to other teams. And I feel like we actually had a decent amount of possession first half, but it was the most unproductive possession. Yeah. You know? Um, and then and then they, they got that, that little uh, that corner. That, uh, they didn't have a ton of chances on set pieces, you know? Yeah. But, uh, and it has to be mentioned, Ashley Williams letting his man go. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a thing. Um, I don't think Sam will be happy about that. No, he I'm talked sure. about it in an interview yeah. after the game. Yeah. So, sure, I'm sure he'll sort it out in future. Yeah, Edward, what you got, buddy? Um, basically repeating it. Just the first half was just a complete drag, and I actually said at halftime, if you looked at it, both teams could go for it in the first, in the second half. Swansea looked very up for it, and. It surprised me a lot because what I thought they'd be doing is just going really defensive and just wanting to hold out for a point. Mm-hmm. But no, they went for it. So fair play. Uh, they got us They got us all very, very nervous. And thankfully, we uh, got the rebound because I think if we didn't get that rebound at the end of the first half, we wouldn't have won because the momentum would not have been with us and Swansea would have just had a whole half to just sit back and do nothing. Mm. And the thing that cracked it and was probably the best moment of the game, Sigurdsson, forty-five million. If that's what buys it for you, I'll take that. I'll take that. But he's doing—he's got his own like little goal of the season competition going now. Mm-hmm. One against Southampton, one against um, Split, and now, and now this one against Swansea. Like, all seems to be against teams that begin with S. If you notice. I'm assuming that's a good qu- Stoke. Oh. Next, next one I'm going to call is against Stoke. Nice. He'll score a worldie. <laughs> that's the strangest connection. <laughs> I never would have put that together. Uh, so uh, you mentioned the thing that that kind of sparked it. Uh, however, before that, something had happened that seemed like sparked it a little bit before that. Uh, we took Schneiderlin out and we brought in yeah. Davies. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. Something yeah, I knew that. I knew y'all would get there eventually, um, but uh, basically, was it was it changes at halftime or was it the fact that we put in because it seemed to me that it was we put in a, a more forward thinking midfielder rather than Schneiderlin. Yeah, because um, obviously we talked, we talked, we it was a weird time to make that change. I thought because it was about ten minutes into the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have sixtieth minute, wasn't it? Yeah, I've got I've got to say, um, I mean, he didn't have the best of games. Hopefully, it was just an off performance because he does seem to be performing well under Allardyce. But I feel like we finally kind of uh, Gay and Schneiderlin have finally found a way to coexist again because he didn't he didn't look like him because in the past on the human, you know, the two defensive midfielders, it was a clear flaw in our game. Um, they didn't really know. They were trying to do each other's jobs, and it was just causing problems. Mm. But you know, um, as a, I, I, I paid close attention to that during the game, and I, I noticed um, 
Schneidlin was kind of given the holding role, you know, as, as I said in the episode, you know, protect the back four, and Gay kind of had the freedom to roam up and down and mm-hmm. run like he does every game. Um, but yeah, so hopefully in the future that might look that might look to be uh, a thing that we go for because you know hopefully it was just an off performance from Schneidlin. But as, as you said, Jerry Davies coming in and giving us more of that, you know, forward thinking asset to to the team. I think you know it did, it did help us out a lot, particularly in that set, going forward. I think it's weird that. Um... The exact formation, the exact team works so well for the past, I think it was like three games. I think we played the same formation, same team for Liverpool, Newcastle, and I think the one before that. And in all those games, the formation worked well. It did well for what we needed it to do. But in this one, it just fell apart. And I feel, I actually think now, Gay doesn't need Schneidlin. I mean, you look at it. I mean, look at the pass that he made for, I think it was Lennon or Kenny, lead up to the third goal. That was absolutely incredible. Yeah. That was sort of like what Schneiderlin would do. But now it's sort of, it's a bit like he's taken over Schneiderlin's role in a sense and he's got the two together. I think he actually performs better by himself. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, quite, it's quite an awkward situation to be in because I'm quite, I'm a big fan of Schneiderlin because um, when, he, when, he, when he plays well, I don't think... There are many better than him in his position. I think he can control the shape of a game really, really well. And as you say, in the last few games, particularly, you know, Liverpool. Um, what, what was the last game before that? Um, Huddersfield? No, who was it? Yes. So yes. It Huddersfield, West Ham, Huddersfield, Liverpool. Mm. Yeah, you know, he's been able to control the shape. But I think... Come, coming into this game, particularly against Swansea at home, bottom of the league, I think, as, as we've said, we were hoping to be more on the front foot. And I think, as as we said, we with Schneiderlin being that type of player that's pretty much there to control the defensive shape of the game, I think from, from the fan point of view as well, you want to see someone like Davies in there that can grab the, grab the, like, take the ball and create chances going forward. Mm. Yeah, I, first half was fr- very frustrating to watch because we looked not just flat, we looked sloppy and careless. You saw a lot of passes that, that weren't connecting and going right to the other team, just not being very careful with the ball, you know? Um, and I realized we were try- we were being, being a bit ambitious. I mean, even Rooney was guilty of this. We saw Rooney yeah. give the ball away a lot, oh, which is not, it's not what he does normally. Um, and, but it, was, it wasn't just him. It was, it was a lot of people on the team. And I think that may have been what you were mentioning before, Max, talking about, you know, we're playing uh, a team at the bottom of the table. You know, maybe we were taking it for granted. You know, so, and, and to be honest, you know, it wasn't that, it wasn't hugely different when we first started the half. Um, it, but, but when we made a change that was more offensive, it kind of just naturally got everybody going. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see us start exact or very similar to the way we just started against Swans, uh, just because I think he's going to probably try to be more defensive against Chelsea. But yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was really frustrating to watch the first half. I, I don't have a lot of excuses for us. I thought it was mental. Yeah. You know. Mm. Yeah. I- I think because obviously the last few games, I think uh, we've highlighted several times that we've 
discovered a lot more appreciation for us defensively. Um, I think that defensive side of the game has come to the surface a lot more. Uh, you know, you can appreciate players being very regimented and um, sticking to the positions and, you know, just doing the simple things right. Like, you know, they weren't doing under Koeman. But, you know, as you said, against bottom of the league, at home, you, you want to see us try and, yeah, you know, yeah. take it to them. And we just, just said that that first half was really drab. And, uh, you know, I, I point to the Spitzen goal being, you know, the, the, the catalyst, really, of, of, of the entire game. Because, um, obviously, you know, we, we, we've gone in, we scored that late goal in the first half, and we've come out kind of thinking, you know, OK, right, it, it's almost as if it's nil-nil again, you know, take the game to them now. Mm. Um, and then we kind of, uh, then, you know, as, as we said, we kind of even struggled to do it straight off straight off the blocks in the first half. Uh, it took that change to really think, you know, get the ball into attacking positions because it really, because I don't want to seem like I'm focusing on the ne- negatives. It's just kind of these aspects of the game that we've got to try and weed out if we want to try and be more consistent in our performances, really. So, you know, that Sigurdsson goal give a big lift to the whole team when we start performing well going forward. Plus, when Davies comes in, it's not just the fact that he's in and he's more of an offensive player than Schneiderlin and that he plays the ball forward more. He's also, I, th- I, I thought it was a formation shift just barely. So it went to a 4-1-4-1 rather than the 4-2 just because, and so Davies was not just forward thinking, but he was actually playing forward more, you know, a little bit yeah. closer to being in the center of the pitch. Yeah, I think Rooney dropped deeper as well, mm. which I, I honestly I think Rooney should have been took off a lot earlier than he was because I think um, I know he I know he eventually got that penalty late on, but I don't know it whether it's the amount of games that he's been playing or or, or what, but he just seemed off the off the pace really. Yeah, um, and again with Chelsea coming up, I think of course he's going to be included for that. So. I mean, uh, hopefully he's okay, you know, and I'm fit for the game and can put in a good performance. But he did seem a bit off, really. Um, so I'll, I'll go to Edward with this and then I'll go to Max. Uh, the rumours all season long so far have been Everton are going to be buying a striker in January. That's what they're looking at. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. And now DCL <laughs> actually is learning to hold the ball up and he's scoring goals and he's getting a lot of assists as well and he's kind of you know becoming a he's kind of earned a starting spot so do you think edward dcl still going to be a starter after the winter break regardless of who we buy if we don't buy anyone i'd actually it's weird to say it now but i'd actually hold off the striker search until the summer See what we're like until the end of the summer. Well, end of the season. Because we keep Niasi in. That's another striker. Sandro needs a bit more time, in my opinion. Calvert-Lewin looks to be really promising and like filling in for that role, like you're saying. So we've got three strikers there already who are pretty damn good. And we've got a load of wingers or centre attacking mids or whatever that can sort of fill in for that role if we need them to. But... I think the three strikers we've got actually are very good. Hmm. Plus, as well, we've got all the lads in the academy. So you're thinking DCL keeps his job regardless, okay? Yeah. Max. 
I want to I want to start off by saying I think the game last night was one of the best games I think I've seen him play in that because a lot a lot of that and we've mentioned it a lot of the time even though he is winning headers you know people just pinging off the top of his head and, and going nowhere but you know I think his hold of play was really good last night and um, you know he's bringing it down with his chest even even from not just like long balls up from throw-ins even you know maintaining the ball from throw-ins but to, to answer your question I think to to reach the levels that we're aspiring to to get at and to to perform consistently and score you know because I think we're looking at trying to get that 15-20 goal a season man starting up front I do feel like we need an in to bring us a good striker in in, in January uh, again it's Calvert-Lewin's only young uh, I know you say the likes of, likes of Nias are good but at the end of the day I want to try and see our, our quality of player improve really because I mean for, for, for what he's done Nias I still don't think is good enough for Everton I think I might get a bit of a Bit of a backlash for that, but I still, I just, you know, I just feel like our standard of play needs to improve, and I think starting with centre forward, we need to do that. I mean, mm. guys, don't you think? Would you say we probably need four strikers, just in case, to for a squad? You know, because uh, think about it: who we have now, we've got Sandro, we have Nias, and we've got DCL. As far as being dedicated strikers. And Sandro, let's be honest, is not a lone striker. He's just not in this league, right? So we only have two people who can handle being a lone striker on our in our entire squad. And yeah. Sandro might be off. All right? So, if Sandro's off, I feel like we need another player like Sandro, you know, a, a shorter, speedier guy that can play up front just in case something like a Kevin Gamero, which we'll get into in our transfer rumors, all right? But the main thing I see we need is just a guy who can win the ball in the air. I want to see someone who ha- who is as good in the air as Benteke. I want to be yeah. able to finish some of those dead balls. Yeah. Can't Nias um, and DCL do that? See, I, I honestly, I just don't trust them for that, to be honest. Like, I just, I don't, yeah. yeah. How do you know, though, unless you, you let them do it? But we, we, we are letting them do that right now. Uh, you know what I mean? True. Yeah, you know, if, if, if you look at the likes of your Olivier Giroud, your Christian Benteke, is that they'll every ball that's up to them, they'll win it nine times out of ten. You know, and yeah. even though it has improved, DCL still can be a hit, bit of a hit and miss. Um, it, and again, I think that's just down to him being young. I mean, his positioning could improve a bit. Um, and again, it just it just goes back to me point that you need. We I think we do need one of those experienced players that do it at a consistent level. Mm. So you know, my, my preference is Giroud because I feel like his hold of play is brilliant, and it would help the team out a lot in terms of playing football further up the pitch. I think regardless of who we get, he will continue to start, but I don't think he will start as often. I think Big Sam will see matchups and start bringing in different yeah. players who can maybe do a similar job but slightly you know, just a different type of role. That's what okay. I, you know I'll ask, I'll ask this one thing. How did Harry Kane get better and become world class? Because he was starting games when he was young. He was starting off in That's those true. games when he was younger, like twenty and twenty one ish. It definitely so, helped him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Calvert Lewin could 
That I can hope, happen for him. I hope, Edward. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying let's not start him every game, because right now he's proving to be a solid player in the position. I just think it's nice to have a little flexibility and versatility in your squad. You know? That's it. Know. That's it. You know? I love the guy. I hope he scores 40 goals this season. All right. I think and I think his his what's what's underestimated is his passing ability and his vision, which no one seems to talk about. Everybody talks about his speed, but they rarely talk about how he can get his head up and he can play uh basically he, he back heels more than anybody I've seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's usually accurate. It's kind of nice. Yeah. So he's, he's he's got good vision. He's a good passer. Um that mm-hmm. helps his link up play so much. Oh my gosh. I would so I would technically say and then that Maybe instead of looking at the players, why not look at like the the tactics instead? Like get use a formation, use tactics that would work well for the strikers we've got. I think I think Big Sam will do that. Waste money basically. I mean, he does, but Big Sam's Big Sam. I mean, I I I noticed when I was watching, you know, there were, there were a lot of long balls, you know, from Mason Holgate, even from Jordan Pickford, that, that long balls that were either hit too heavy or just went to straight to one of their men. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we we could cut out that a bit, you know, not not um not players not players many unnecessary long balls. When, and as you say, trying to cater to more of his, you know, his ability to get in behind and his vision. But you know, it, the, the way it, the way it's going at the moment, you know, I'm just happy with the with the tactics, the tactics that he's going for because they're getting us results. And and Edward, I got to be honest, Big Sam's style over the years has been proven to be he looks at what he's got and he adapts around what he has because he's pragmatic. I say it every damn time we film. Sorry, audience. But really, I mean, because he, he really does see the situation and adapt the squad around the situation, you know, which is which is kind of cool. You know what I mean? Because we've in the past, we've had managers that just want to put a force a system into the situation and don't adapt. Yeah. I still think we're going to get one or two strikers in the door, depending on if if, if Sandro leaves, it'll be two. If we, if we get get rid of Sandro on the ass, we'll obviously need to get one in, but. I don't see the point in getting another. Last thing, um, Sandro was in the squad and actually played, albeit for only a few minutes. Nias was not even on the bench and supposedly left left kind of uh, upset, is what the rumors are. Not sure if it's true, but those are the rumors. All right, And he was not injured. Big Sam has confirmed that. So um, is this putting Sandro in the shop window just to prove that he's healthy? Or is this Big Sam saying, you know what? I'm going to give you to ch- give you a chance because you seem like you're okay in training so far. I think it's a chance. I do. I, you know, he's he proven that he seems like the man is to get players a chance, uh, not just over the years, but I mean, as soon as he comes to Everton, I mean, the way we were looking at it, you know, we were seeing, you know, prime example being Morgan Schneiderlin. A lot of fans were just, a lot of fans were quick to to jump on Schneiderlin's back and say, you know, I'd have no problems with him leaving in the January, but Sam, I think. Uh, uh, key yeah, definitely not any of us. Definitely not ridiculing them off. No. A key point in that. A key point in in this little saga really was when we played that full on away. I feel starting Schneider giving him the captain's armband just showed that Sam is one to, to give players chances, and mm-hmm. particularly with him being one of those summer signings, I do feel like he's going to give Sandro a chance. Yeah. Mm. Do you reckon he'll give Klaassen a chance then? 
possibly. I, I, I think, as we said plenty of times, given that we we're already in a bit of an awkward situation with the midfield and the, the attack on midfielders, I think that might take a bit longer to figure out. But I think even Klassen has proved that he, at Ajax that you know he can be a real useful player to have. Mm. All right, guys. Uh... Have we thoroughly covered Swansea? Because I feel like we've been filming for like a year. We've well and truly ruffled the feathers. That's what we're here for. We're here to ruffle feathers. So every single week, we are going to be bringing you transfer rumors. Because it's December, we don't have much till the window opens, and some of these might even be real. So, let's go through these one by one. I've accumulated a great deal. Most of them are in various publications, but some are on Twitter. So, take all, the, take all this with a grain of salt. First, uh, there's a, been a lot of rumblings about Christian Benteke earlier this week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we need, we need a big target man. He would fit the bill. Uh, and, and, and Big Sam has worked with him before. This is true. All right? Uh, so I, I think we wouldn't object to him coming in and holding the ball up for us some, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean... How, I much, how much are we paying for him? That's a good question. I know that, 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 that's kind of the thing that kind of... That, that's, the, um, that's a big question mark over it. I think, I think we, I, I, I'd pay about 15 million. If we go over 20, then yeah. have enough. I think we'd probably go to 30, if I'm honest. I think we would. See, the whole thing I, the, the whole thing I see with this, Benteke is basically... Uh, it just doesn't feel right going for Benteke. There's no point. Because I, I, I've already addressed this, but what Benteke does, Calvert-Lewin and Niasi do. Like, Calvert-Lewin wins headers, Niasi wins headers, Benteke wins headers. Benteke is strong, Niasi is strong, Calvert-Lewin is strong. It just feels pointless getting in another player of, that we've already got. It's level of consistency, so even though I'm, I'm not Benteke's biggest fan, he, he does do it at a certain level of consistency a lot more than Niasi and Calvert-Lewin, so I could understand why. Well, they're not really this season. <laughs> I know, I know, he hasn't, he hasn't had the greatest of seasons, yeah. but he's been proven, you know, he, he's been proven to do it consistently over the last few years. So. And he was injured for part of this season as well. Exactly. So. But he did miss a penalty, so let's make sure if we do get him, not have him on penalties. I wouldn't put him on pen- I wouldn't put him on those anyway. Uh, I'd just on the let what, Jerry? You, I'd let Rooney keep going. <laughs> on the what, Jerry? It's a PK. <laughs> All right. So, I... Uh, yeah, but honestly, though, just to just to kind of wrap up, I I do think he's I think he's bigger, he's stronger than any of the guys we've got. I think he is better in the air than Calvert Lewin. He may not have. I, I think he's less likely to be muscled off a header in the box than Calvert Lewin would be. You know what I mean? Like those dead balls coming in, you got these huge center halves. You know, trying to bump you off the ball, trying to literally bump you as you're jumping. Benteke's a bigger frame; he's harder to bump off. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, but he d- he doesn't have the pace he used to have before his Achilles injury. Um, it's okay. It's just not quite as fast as he used to be. You know, still a big dude though. You know, um, yeah. So we have differing opinions. However, it may not matter because the story just came out today where supposedly he said he wants to stay at Crystal Palace. 
but that could Makes be sense. that could be crap. You know, that stuff happens all the time. They put out fake stories. Oh, he wants to stay, right? Yeah, oh, Leighton Baines wants to leave. So, you know, he's going to go to Man U, right? No, this was this happened years oh, ago. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, this kind of stories come out all the time, all right? Uh, next, big money buy. We were rumored to have Ooh. already bid for this guy, Ooh. along with Arsenal. Ooh, I'm getting excited. F- uh, about 42 million pounds, supposedly. Ooh. He's a winger, oh, a- uh. a- and he's Mexican, and he's tiny. Uh, his name's Irving Lozano, all right? He, uh, I, I know a lot about this guy, actually. Wait a because, I think I know who you mean. Hang on. Yeah, he plays for PSV. So far this season, I mean, he's, he's doing great. He's got a few goals, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got goals and assists. He looks yeah. – th- here's, here's the deal, guys. I, I watched him a lot because he plays for the Mexican national team, right? And I watch a lot of U.S. national team. This guy, when you watch him play, he is the quickest guy on the field, period. He is mm. rapid, all right? Uh, however, his game will remind you a lot of Adamola Lookman. It's like the same game. Short, tiny, slight of frame, gets fouled a lot because he's so much faster than other people. They just chop him down, all right? So he wins a lot of free kicks. Um, mm. and, and he's got a decent, decent shot on him. Uh, but he's little, guys. He is a little guy. I don't know if he's 42 pounds worth, guys. Yeah. 42? Well, if he's 42 pounds worth. Oh, sorry. I don't know if he's 42 million pounds worth. Yeah. Nah, I wouldn't bother. Yeah, I mean, the, the, mar- the market is quite um, absurd, uh, as has been shown over the last few years. So, I mean, it, and, and uh, as we've seen with Klassen, you know, going for a player in, in the Dutch league, mm-hmm. it can take quite a, time, quite a lot of time to settle in, particularly if he's got a, a smaller frame and he's not matched for the physicality. So, Plus, yeah. we've already got Luckman and Vlasic as well, who are both younger and probably better. Yeah. So. Well, he is just just to lay this out there, though. I mean, he is a game changer. You put him in, yeah. and you've got somebody who can go by people and and get forward in a hurry. I'm not saying he's not yeah, a good so player. Luckman. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we've already got that. You know, and Vlasic when yeah. he comes back, um, assuming he's back up to speed. You know, like actual pace. Um, Do you reckon he'll come back for Chelsea? Actually, I'll leave that for them. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, but anyway, so Irving Lozano, they call him Chucky. All right. Uh, good player. I don't, A, know if we necessarily need him. B, if we're going to, I don't know if we're going to pay that much. All right. That's no way. Now, Man U were connected with him in recent years. So he's talent, guys. Yeah, but Man U ain't linked with everyone. This is true. <laughs> All right. So next, uh, Wabi Kazri. Okay. Oh, I've heard that name. We've been connected with him mainly because Big Sam uh, has uh, worked yeah. with him at Sunderland. He was Sunderland, wasn't he? I, I, I knew I heard his name. All right. Um, I wa- still at Sunderland? Uh, no, he's yeah. on uh, loan yeah. right now at Rennes oh, yeah. in France. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's doing well there. They've been playing him at striker, which is weird. When you watch this guy's highlights, he looks his highlights look a lot like the kind of thing you would see from Sigurdsson, except faster. Yeah, and not as big. Okay, yeah. I mean he's. I mean he is a good. He he will get a lot of assists. He's better than I was expecting. When I watched his highlights, I was expecting not. I wasn't expecting as, as silky of a player as he is. He does. I mean he can play some ball, guys. Um, it just depends on. I I don't necessarily know that we need him either. Yeah, it just feels like most of these are going to be 
do we really need them? Because if they're all similar players to what we've already got, there's really no point in wasting the money. I think really the only ones we're looking for possible left back and a centre back mm. and maybe a striker, but that's it. Like, there's no point in looking anywhere else because we're already filled in that position mm. and we've got differences in each one. I agree. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I hesitate to to go for any redundancies right now. And I don't think Vincent McSam's going to do that. I mean, everything he's said recently has been, we're not going to be getting that many players in January. We've got a huge squad. So in order for us to get more players in, we're going to have to get rid of some. That's a later yeah, video, I guys. That, <laughs> I think that would be probably better to do. Yeah. So, uh, but th- I will say, though, better than I thought he was. All right? A much player, better th- player than I realized. All right? Yeah. Tunisian international. We'll be able to watch him in the World Cup. All right. Uh, mm. Next. Unlike USA. We. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not going there. But I will say oh, no. there was a time about 20 seconds ago when I liked Edward. Sue, <laughs> uh, so, uh, we've mentioned this guy before. More whispers about him. Kevin Gamero, Atletico Madrid. Um, some, I mean, on Twitter, there are people who are saying it's a done deal. I, I still have yet to see any, any serious journalistic efforts to connect us with him. They just say it's a rumor. That's all they really say. All right. Um, I've heard that he, he's coming on loan. And then I've heard that Atletico won't let him go on a loan, which is why Valencia are not interested in him. All right. Um, it's, it's weird because. They do need to get rid of him because they're bringing in Diego Costa. He'll be able to start playing. So Gamiro being out makes sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's a good player. Uh, yeah, he is. I think he's, he's proven that he can perform consistently at the top level. I mean, I mean the, the, just the, the type of transfer activity that, he, that he's been through in his career, I mean, particularly the jump from Sevilla to Atletico. You know, it kind it kind of indicates that he's a player that's on, on the up, really. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you say, that you know, with Diego Costa coming in, that, that that's the perfect reasoning for him. I mean, to, to it, it's not exactly it's not exactly getting pushed out the door, is it? Really, it's mm-hmm. just like you know, we're bringing Diego Costa in. There's not much more. There's nothing we can do for you, really. So, if you want to play, yeah, exactly. So, a, a jump to the Premier League at a team like Everton at the moment, it, it seemed like it would probably do his career good. Nah too old as well i'm sorry but um unless they're like 27 26 or lower don't really want them because he's at 30 now and he's gonna lose a lot more pace what about that guy we signed this past summer uh he's playing some games for us he's got 10 goals rooney am i pronouncing that right that was sentimentality (laughs) like and because of the fact we've been linked with him so long and because he's a part of the club, basically. It just... I don't, I don't know. know. It, it just doesn't... It doesn't... No point, in my opinion. Well, I think if I mean, you don't get... get me wrong, he's a great player, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm at that stage now where if he's a great player, then I'd, I'd have him at Everton, really. I think we, we really are at, at, a, at a weird stage in the club's history where I think we just need to bring quality players in that can perform as soon as they come in. So... Uh, I'd be, I'd, you know, I'd welcome him with open hands. Yeah. I don't know. I think if we can get a deal and we're not overpaying for older players, I'm a lot more fine with that. 
You know, because we didn't we didn't overpay for Rooney. We got quite a bargain on him, mainly because we were giving him that guy that scored a lot of goals for us in the past. All right. So, yeah. Um, So Kevin Gamero, good player. uh, Just we're just not sure what kind of money we're looking at. All right. If we're looking at all. All right. Uh, Adama Sumaoro. Either of you heard about this guy? Okay. So, I actually kind of like this rumor, all right, because this seems like a Walsh special. He's a center back from Lille, who technically he can play across the back line a decent amount, so he can play left back if we need to, but he's mainly, I think, a left-sided center back, but he plays center back, all right? What's his name again? Adama, and it's S-O-U-M-A-O-R-O, Sumaro. I don't know completely how to say that, all right? Um... But uh, he's a good player. He hasn't played all their games this season because he had an Achilles injury earlier in the season. But he's back and he's looking good. We'd be able to get him for anywhere from 20 to 30. All right? Probably a bit more like between 20 to 25. Leal's having some financial trouble, supposedly, and they uh, would be open. And he's got a, I think he's got a release clause, actually, guys. So um, I, I did my best. I found anything I could find on him, like video-wise. And the only stuff I could find were, like, goals he had scored on, like, set plays. Uh, yeah. Which I'm okay with, but I would like to see, like, an entire game of uh, entire game of highlights, you know? See every 25 years old, right-footed. Six foot one. Yeah, he's six foot one. So he's not huge. What's the last time Big Sam got a big center back who, from the French League? Kone. Kone is who I was thinking of. Um, and it worked out well when he was there and they worked together. So I'd love to have a new young one for you. Would you go for Kone again? We talked about that last week in our transfer rumors, I think. And, uh, the reaction was all over the place. Oh yeah. 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 We're all, yeah. (laughs) Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. So, um, I think, I think we're all, it's an unknown quantity. It's, uh, it's hard to know how to react. I kind of like it though. It's not as expensive as it could be for a center back. So, um, I'm not too sure. I think um, we need to see what Funes Mori is like when we get when he gets back. Hmm. He needs, we need to see what he's like first, and then it's a point. something up. There's a point. If he's back in January the way he was scheduled to be, we'll see. Or actually able to play and train. Maybe not back. Yeah, I haven't seen much about him, actually. Thinking yeah, about not it. at all. You'll see us on game day, and he's like in Italy. You know, yeah. it's weird. Um, he did next. have a barbecue the other day to celebrate the win. <laughs> He's always having a barbecue. Uh, uh, Lucky. Next, um, we have to mention Stefan De Vrij from uh, Lazio, you know? and you know I'll what's going. Take him. You know what's going on with him, Max. But we all know he's a good center back for the most yeah, part. Dutch. I think it can't, can't, it tends to be a trend where a lot of centre halves to play in the Italian league. If, if they find that they're suited to the Italian league, I think you know they're, they're quite happy to stay there. I mean, the Inter have beat Juventus to his signature, so yeah, that, that one was off the cards. Yeah, and and Inter is actually at the top of the table in yeah. Serie A, where they were last time I checked. Um, so, uh, and we're ninth. Does that mean anything? A little. It's not as bad as it was. So, yeah. Um, I think we don't. We, we know we're probably not going to get him, but still, we were linked with him. So, there's that. I would have liked him. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were probably interested. 
Mm. Um, next, Esri Konsa from Charlton, um, one of Lookman's friends that he's played with uh, on the national team. Oh, friend. Uh, friend. I actually get that. Uh-huh. My American ass gets that reference. Just saying. Uh, uh, another, but the, the the way this fits in though is Everton's new policy of buying the best English talent out there and overpaying a little bit if they need to. Yeah, and it's starting to look like a solid policy because we're able to actually fit some of these people in. Young player, he's been at Charlton. We'd never we'd never heard of Adam Lookman much either. So you know, we'll see. If he's on the if he's on the one of the youth set up national teams, I I, yeah, I feel okay he, about it. He was an unused substitute in the uh, the under twenty World Cup victory, so no, he, he's obviously a promising young player if he's making the under twenty squad for England. Yeah, I, I at this point I'm trusting our system of identifying good young players. You know, so yeah. um, that would actually go along with uh, Malik Wilkes from Leeds, who's nineteen. He's a forward, and like you said, uh, you recognized him, Max, from he's yeah, all loaded. Well, one at Stanley. Yeah, yeah, I heard his name as well. He's got a, a two or three goals this season. Um, young guy, people are saying some good stuff about him. I don't know if it's going to happen, but yeah. uh, again, we're connected with him. Supposedly, we've scouted him recently. Being linked with all this English talent is really weird. It feels like we're becoming Spurs in a sense because they've brought in so much English talent through there. Mm-hmm. As they sold off Gareth Bale, and they've just like brought in all this English talent and now it's working for them so maybe they see as buying those uh, English talent that young as being less of a risk because they know the city they know the country they know the system they've been yeah. around, you know maybe it's less there's less of an adjustment period the last three connections all right are, are none of them are English Jean-Fiet Arp from Hamburg or Hamburg he's a striker and we're scouting him along with uh, Spurs, I think. Another young guy. I know very little about him. I doubt we're going to buy him. He's just We're just connected with him. So there's that. French connect. Is he French? Uh, it, well, you know what? I think I mispronounced that. Jan oh. Fiet Arp. All right? J-A-N-F-I-E-T-E. All right? I've never seen a name Could like French that. Connection. I've seen Jan, but that's it. Yeah, don't know a whole lot about him. Who knows? I doubt that's going to happen, but it's a very Walsh thing to dig up players you've never heard of and make them work. Mm. Yeah. Right? Uh, speaking of player, we've actually been... we've This player I had not heard of uh, recently, but I remembered him from past. Demagoge Vida from Kiev, from Dynamo Kiev. All right? Uh, big center back, but he can actually play across the line as well. Um, kind of a big toughie. You know what I mean? Like... Big tough guy, uh, just looks tough. Uh, but rumors today are that, like, supposedly he had agreed a pre-contract uh, agreement with uh, Besiktas, but supposedly today uh, Dinamo Kiev have, have offered him new contract, same terms as Besiktas, and he's going to accept. So he's probably going to stay. Whatever. All right? And, and the last connection... Uh, and again, hope I'm pronouncing his first name right. Sink Tosin, all right, or Chink Tosin. Turk. He's from Besiktas. Yeah, all right. Um, he's a striker. He's got 14 goals in 26 games. Um, supposedly, us and I'm trying to remember who else has spoke already spoken to his his agent. But this is according to Turkish media. Okay, 
Um, I, did, I watched a lot on this guy, and uh, he's a little bit more uh, bulky than Calvert-Lewin, but he doesn't quite have the pace that he does. So, um, yeah, just a little more strength would give us something a little bit different than Calvert-Lewin, uh, but he's not a massively huge guy, right? Mm. But again, we'd probably, I think... So there's no point in going in for him. <laughs> maybe not, but we'll see. Uh, he is more, I would say he's more clinical, all right? But Calvert-Lewin's clinical is, is, is getting better the longer he's playing. So, uh, but that's all I got. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven... Transfer rumors that we have just gone through. I think there is validity to two or three. <laughs> That's what I'll say. All right? I actually uh, think we should go for... Um, I'll say one transfer target I'd like us to go for, Ben Gibson. We've been mm-hmm. wanting... I think player. every Everton yeah. supporter has wanted him like since well about a year, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's good, Nine. and he's got my last name. Which is awesome, yeah. uh, but uh, his what is he the nephew of the owner of the team? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's got family that owns the team, so if he's going, he's going for pricey dollar amount or pricey pound amount. I don't know, big price on his head, basically. Mm-hmm. All right, so, um, all right, I guess that's it. Those are our transfer rumors. <laughs> Guys, uh, you guys are going to be in a much better position to talk about this next uh, this next topic uh, because you have gone the game recently and in the past. But there's been a lot of discussion, primarily on Twitter, I noticed. Maybe in person over there, I don't know. But a lot of people are talking about the atmosphere inside uh, Goodison Park uh, during games. Uh, as in it Let's being... talk about Goodison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, some people are saying it's a it's maybe a bit quiet, all right. Uh, so so gents, let's let's take this step by step because I think it's a tough one to wade through because there's an immediate instinct to get defensive about your home squad and your home mm-hmm. your home turf, you know. Uh, but uh, how has the atmosphere been at Goodison during home matches this season? It started, I think, with a lot of anticipation particularly after the summer that we had um I, I i don't think anyone will have too much of a problem with me saying we're a very expecting fan group really you know no satisfaction off them really you know we just we expect the best and when when a player is lacking effort or when the team isn't on the same wavelength we can pick up pick up on it in an instant and goodison can be it can become a very hostile place, um, and I think we found that out when the results weren't going our way under Coombe. And I think yeah, it, it seems it's, to be going a lot more like recent. Well, in this season especially, I mean, any games that you'd normally go to, I think like last season, the season before, and all that, like the the fans would get on people's backs, but they wouldn't do it as much. They'd still be behind the team. Whereas this season, it just feels like constantly getting on the backs of players, but I think, really, it's because a lot of people think we can do better. They know we can do better, like you say, expecting it. Yeah, and it, 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 
I'll, I'll, I mean, uh, this is something that I might get slated for because I know quite a few of my family are in the park end. Whenever, whenever, particularly in the park end, whenever I've sat in the park end, it's felt like a morgue. Like, it, it, you know, the, the atmosphere, particularly, I mean, the, the lower gladdest is always bouncing whenever whenever you go on the lower gladdest. The lower gladdest is the weird one, the lower gladdest is either always bouncing or always absolutely fuming. So, Especially after John Moss gives a yellow card for the wrong reasons. That that is something I was going to bring up. I think I, I, I made note of it when I was in the um, when I was watching. I think it was about twelve minutes in. Mason Holgate pulled off an absolutely yeah. perfect tackle, and uh, John Moss blew up, and it was really weird because I you just saw everyone just like stand up and be like, no, no players on the pitch thought it was a foul, and I don't think I, not even the official, like the fourth official or anything like that thought it was a foul. It was just a weird individual choice by the referee. You know where that comes from. It's because he can't keep up with play. It's been the case mm-hmm. for seasons. He can't keep up with play, so he just guesses. He's getting yeah. old and senile. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, Hogate got booked for it as well, and I, 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 it was it got a reaction which I was quite happy for, really. Goodison turned into a bear pit, and that was a as an Everton fan, there's no better feeling when that's the case, really. When, when, Goodison, when Goodison's contesting every decision, when Goodison starts, you know, when, when it starts with the chance, that's when the atmosphere starts to build, and I think that's when the play starts to improve, really, as as was the case last night. I think it's it's sort of like, there's no sort of compromises at this season, really, because, like you're saying, it can either be like a morgue, like say at the Burnley game, whereas games like the Watford game, it'll go completely the opposite way and everyone is getting behind the team. So there's sort of like no compromise at the minute where everyone's just going along, like supporting it and then they'll criticise, but or there's no atmosphere. There's just either no atmosphere or everyone's behind the team Um, this season, especially. When you're watching, when I'm watching on TV or on my computer during sadder moments, uh, (laughs) I uh, there there are long stretches where it does seem quiet. Yeah. All right, it does seem. Uh, I I do feel like, and you guys can attest to this better than I can. It does seem like it's less of an intimidating place to play when things are not completely going our way. Yeah, is that the case? Because it just seems quieter. Everton, Evertonians have a reputation for expecting good football and judging good football really. So when good football isn't being played, we we won't be impressed, and and and, and that that shows really. Um, over over the last few, you know, because we've had really inconsistent, weird years. Really, the the first year under Cumin was good, and we had a really good home run. You know, we nearly went on beating Goodison, and. Nearly. You know, Goodison was always kind of like a good place to go. But there's something that, there's something that I've brought up a few times. I said that when it started going sour with Martinez and when it started going sour with Koeman, going the game felt like a chore. It wasn't enjoyable to do. And I think I picked up that from a lot of other Evertonians as well. It was kind of like, oh, here we go again. And the, the, as you, as Especially you said, for the Europe games as well. That was horrendous. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I know. There wasn't many of us that went to Atalanta. Yeah, as, as Jerry yeah. says... It, it comes across that way on the telly or where it's probably because it, yeah it's true okay it, it, and it's i think it's just the way evertonians are uh, what are what are the, what is different about the expectations in england at those home matches compared to expectations in other countries where they do other things to generate atmosphere 
Um, yeah. And and like in America, those really cringy weird fan chants. There, yeah, I get that, and I that's yeah, <laughs> okay, that's yeah, that, totally that's fair. Just weird. But I'm not targeting that because of that, but some but, of those. But stuff. I mean, like uh, you see other countries, it seems like they do a lot to try to bring in more fan interaction, things like that. Yeah. Is that is that seen as being sort of ridiculous in England, and that's why that kind of stuff doesn't happen? It sort of isn't needed because of the way football is in England. It's the main sport in England, whereas like a lot of other countries, like, say, America, um, Spain and all that, have other sports that take priority in a way. Hmm. Football football I, matters more in England. I don't, I don't think that's the case. What, what I think that um, a game I'm going to attribute to this is it was a few years back when we played young boys at home. Um, yeah, yeah. I think quite a lot of European fans in particular, going to a football match is an event for them and they will get their money's worth and they will enjoy it no matter what. Whereas, especially around here, going the game is kind of part of growing up. It's kind of innate as you grow up. You know, it's something that you do and you're used to and it's just a way of, it's a part of your life. And, you know, uh, it goes back to my point of being kind of a ju- judgmental spectator rather going there for the event. Um, if it's just like a standard league game... Uh, unless it's like a, a, a say a quarter final or the atmosphere may be a bit more revved up with the anticipation but uh, as I say it is very much just like the norm I think going the game and as, uh, particularly as being an Evertonian that you're judgmental as a spectator if you see good football you will appreciate that and if you don't see good football you We'll either not, it'll be quiet, it'll be a more, we won't enjoy it, or, you know, we'll get, people will get on players' backs. I think it's a bit, it's a bit like that little quotation, isn't it? It's not just a game, it's life, in a sense. There are a lot of fans, especially around here, like you say, Max, it's just, like you say, it's part of growing up, it's life going to these games. That's why, in a sense, it's not needed in these parts. Mm all the like crowd build up and all that that you see in other parts it's not needed around here because people are so used to it people especially in liverpool is a footballing city you know football is a big part of our culture in england and in liverpool so do you think do you guys think that everton has noticed the the kind of downgrade in ferocious atmosphere at goodison uh, yeah, because obviously, we you know, I think as soon as your results at home aren't going good, if you, if you dip in your home form, I think I think that does get highlighted regardless of who, what team you are, really. Um, yeah. And I know Manchester United were flagged up, flagged up on that several times, not just this season, but in previous years, about fans not really generating a, a pleasant atmosphere or singing or, or things like that, but... I don't know. Uh, there's a case to go into that it can be attributed back to you know the the 70s and 80s and hooliganism and, and things like that, where football fans didn't exactly get a good name. But mm. yeah, it, it's weird. It, it's a weird one to delve into because if you think you know what what can a club do for as for fan interaction and fan communication? Well, um, since really the atmospheres have died down, Goodison 
the big screens that you see at the sides of the pitch have been saying things like come on you blues sort of like to encourage the crowds to do something i just thought that was like really weird seeing it mm. on the screens like but like you say they've sort of noticed it now and are wanting to bring that sort of atmosphere back because it's been lost for so long, I think. When's the, like, I'm, I keep adding questions. I'm sorry. I'm just fascinated. Uh, previous years, when was the last season where you had a, a straight season where the atmosphere was just on point every game? When's the last time you had a season like that? Maybe Martinez's. I don't, I don't ever think, that, if, as, as, as I've said, what I've alluded to really it, it's performance based you know if the team plays well and if we get a good result then it's it. and you know I mean we've we've, tend, we've been we've become a lot more consistent at, at home I mean I know we've had a few bad results this year but we've become a lot more consistent at home I mean even you know under Coombe and we did go on a really good run um, so uh, but again it's not in spectacular as if we're not we're not on the brink of qualifying for Europe, or we're not on the brink of uh, of you know winning a league title. So there's nothing there really for the fans to be getting mm. over excited for. Um, it, it is it's a tricky one because it comes down. I, I was I was going to make a point of the way we've incorporated the fan zone is a, that's something that a club the clubs actively done to try and make a more pleasant atmosphere around Goldson as a whole. As, as a match day experience, but um, no, I don't really think that we've ever had a season where the the atmosphere has been on point every single game. Because you, you'll have your game, you'll have your you'll have your, your games against you know teams that are lower in the league, where there'll be less like a lesser attendance, mm. and the the game won't be as anticipated. So you know it, it, it's just the way football is. I think. Mm. Uh yeah, this is fascinating just because it seems, I don't know, it could be that I'm paying attention more today than I was three years ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because I remember reading in various like uh, forums, online forums, people were saying that Martinez's style of play had turned the... Uh, had turned Goodison, because it was so much possession and it was so slow... That mm. people were saying that that was kind of killing some of the atmosphere in Goodison. That actually, yeah, I do. I do feel like that's the case because I can. I can literally pinpoint the game where I think I started going, like thinking going the game was a chore. That Swansea game where we got beat one nil, where there was a mix up between Stones and Howard, and we give a penalty away. And I think from there, I don't know because I didn't. I did enjoy going in Cummins first season, but. Yeah, the, we do have moments where we'll just, the, the, on the pitch, it'll be slow, mm. you know, barely produce much, and there'll be nothing for a fan to get excited about. So, is the is the moral here pretty much what we've said in the past? It's a cyclical thing. The football feeds the crowd, which feeds the football, which feeds the crowd, and it just keeps going like that. It can, it can just be anything, really. It can just be any circumstances like really any anything in football it all determines what people want from the game what the clubs want from the team what does the team want from the game anything like that it just all contributes mm. it's not i don't feel like there's any real definite answer until like why there's no atmosphere like there's just so many different ways 
I agree with Jerry. I, I do, uh, particularly as uh, speaking as an Evertonian. Then you, I, I don't think anyone needs to say how passionate Evertonians are about the football. And like I, I can say from my own experience, when Everton are doing well, I am genuinely a more happy person. <laughs> so, you know. It, it, I, I, I agree. I agree with that cycle. Really, the football feeds the crowd, and the crowd feeds the football. Yeah, it, the one thing I would say is, if if Everton as a club is noticing the atmosphere getting more quiet, and they do these things to try to generate more atmosphere, it it seems like that would annoy supporters, because it seems like what supporters want is for it to be organic and it to just naturally come through instead of forcing an atmosphere. Mm. But, I mean, it seems like that's what you were saying, Edward, you know? Um, so, okay. Sorry, guys, I, I just find this absolutely fascinating because what you said, Edward, is totally right. There is no real answer to this. You know, we can only speculate based on what is evidence-based and what your experiences are. My experience really doesn't matter that much because I'm looking through a, a pane of glass in a tube. Uh, so, yeah. still that. matters. I mean, if, if you're not sensing the atmosphere from there... Yeah, I mean, I will say I noticed after that Holgate non-foul that got him a card, and I've had issues with Moss the past few seasons already, and I knew he wasn't close, and I knew he didn't see what really happened. I knew that, you know, and I, I could, you could hear the crowd. Our commentators here actually talked about it. They said the crowd is up now because yeah, of that. I thought I may as well just mention this. I mean... I know I'm going back to FIFA, and I think I've said this before, but whenever you play a FIFA match at Goodison, they always mention they always mention the crowd. They always mention that about the stadium rocking and all that. So because that's the reputation, yeah, that's exactly. the repu- even even American football fans. I said American football, but you know what I mean. <laughs> football fans in America, even they know that. Goodison is known for being the mo- like one of the most difficult places to play in the Premier League. That's what that's what the reputation is here. I love that, but when you watch certain certain games, it doesn't seem like that. We have a we have a basketball team in North Carolina called Duke University. They play in a tiny gym, and they're like the, the best basketball one of the one of the two best basketball programs in the country. And the, all their play all their students they go to watch the games, and they have chant sheets. And it's an amazing experience just to be in their gym and what it's hot and nasty and you're sweaty, but everybody's so passionate. And even if they're playing some no-name team, they are they are sold out, and they are mm. all about it. And although I'm not a Duke guy, you got to admire it, you know. So yeah. stuff like that, I, I I like the fact that that's our reputation, yeah. you know. But I worry that's One. slipping away a little. One final thing I want to sort of say on this are we going to be able to create that atmosphere at the new stadium yeah we will do we will. Mice, we mice will make it happen it, it, it comes from the start of the season I think a lot of Evertonians we got we go into the season with a lot of anticipation you know when you go on the first game of the season at home it's warm it's nice weather, nice weather you won't have a coat on you go in there to enjoy yourself and if we play well that can, tends to like and if it continues it kind of just bounces from that first game. Mm. Yeah, I and, mean, and it's going to be stadium design too because the West Ham Stadium is not designed to be a football stadium. All right, it's an athletic stadium. 
which is why the pitch is so far from the seats. Uh, and Bice is co- constantly talking about having the seats closer to the pitch and very steep stands, all right, which, uh, you know, immediately you hear that, you think Dortmund, which hmm. does anybody South have Hampton, a Southampton, actually. Southampton's stadium is quite good when I went. Really? What was so good about it was because it was just one single tier. There was no, like, upper or lower tier. It was literally just one all the way down, and it actually built up a really big atmosphere. Cool. Yeah. It, yeah it, something's all good too. Every time I read forum stuff where they talk about stadiums, they say, I want steep stands close to the pitch because that's what's going to – everybody envies Dortmund's atmosphere, period. Yeah. You know? The yellow wall. Yeah. So uh, – yeah. Guys, any uh, any further thoughts on this? I feel like we've given this a very solid going through, and honestly, I think we might even go into it again later on this season, just because it's it's worth exploring. It's it's yeah. interesting. So. It's, an interesting, it's an interesting kind of case study, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, you know, we're bringing up the new stadium there. I think you know, there, there is hopes that you know that can become a, a real benefit as well. Mm-hmm. Especially the mice has constantly talked about how amazing Goodison is, and you know, so he gets it. I feel in good he hands has. with that guy. I really do. So, yeah, but we said that about Coleman. So, true. Now nah, he never. I don't feel like he ever bought into Everton. Nah. You know. Nah. All right, guys. So we're covered now. That's our that's our segment on the Goodison atmosphere. We got a we got a game coming up this weekend. Got a little time before that, uh, but let's go ahead and preview uh, Chelsea. All right, Chelsea's coming the to town. Blues. Yeah, it, it, we always in my house we call them uh, the bad blue team. All right, uh. so way we gotta gotta talk to the five and two year old that way. So, <laughs> uh, um, so guys, uh, let me rattle off a little bit of Chelsea info. Recent form, they're in third place with 38 points. They uh, they recently beat Southampton 1-0 in Huddersfield 3-1. Before that, they lost to West Ham. <gasps> that happened. We had a chance. It's a thing that happened. Um, they're playing Bournemouth on Wednesday in the Carabao Cup, which we're just not doing Carabao Cup this year. We just didn't want to. Uh uh, so, so they're not they're not flying as high as last season, but they're not having the worst season in the world. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they're they they'll probably run their typical three four three that they have been doing since like last season. Sometimes he mixes it up a little bit, but usually Conte Kant, Conte kind of wants people to teams to adjust to their system. Um, so we could easily see Courtois, Christensen, Christensen. Uh, Cahill, Aspilicueta, Bakayoko, uh, Kante, Alonso, either Moses or Zapacosta, uh, William, Hazard, Marata, and you could see Pedro or Fabregas come into play as well. All right? Uh, but yeah, danger men are usually. Uh, Marata's had some injury problems earlier. We talked about that, Max. Um, yeah. He did come off the bench in their recent game, though, uh, so he could be in there. Uh, he's had 10 goals this season, I think, and uh, Hazard has. Eight. Uh, they have no shortage of goal scorers. They pass the ball well and they play good D. You know, they have a very stingy defense. So um, before we get into 
what our team could be doing. Uh, Max, you were mentioned that there, there's some kind of stuff going on with Conte over at uh, over at Chelsea. Yeah, then I mean I, I've got an, um, a Chelsea opposition view coming up in the next few days, so go check it out. Go and check that out if you can. Um, but I'm just Chelsea to me have always kind of seen like the team where back um, behind the scenes antics have always kind of overshadowed what's going on on the pitch. Mm. Really, I mean they've got a really egotistical owner in Roman Abramovich who has very high standards. I mean, as we pointed out. Um, I think they're only three or four points off Man United in second, but I think they're they're a good few off off Man City. So it doesn't look like they're going to catch Man City. And uh, um, as you said, I think Conte. There's trouble with Conte going on at the moment. I mean, he's, he's voiced his unhappiness with not getting certain transfer targets in the summer. Um, there's talk of David Luiz is wanting to jump ship because he's had a had, you know a bit of a misunderstanding with. I'd take him. <laughs> um, he's had a bit of a misunderstanding with Conte, but you know it's 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 Chelsea. They they they've kind of become an institution in in and of themselves, where they've always kind of got a squad there that is just littered with star-studded talent. Then mm. gate and players that contain games on their head, um, which you know we've really got to look out for because you know we can be as defensively organised as we like. It only takes one certain pass to a Hazard or a William or even Marcus Alonso, the form he's in at the minute, you know, to, and they, they can catch us out. The idea of Hazard or William kind of uh, coming up against Cuca Martina on the edge. Martina, mm. to his to his credit, has has played played a lot better. There's been games where he's led our team in tackles, uh, seriously. Um, mm. But... I, I I saw yesterday when we were playing Swansea. I saw him get outpaced a few times by was it Narsing? Uh, yeah, that that happened. Um, so Kuko is not does not really have blazing speed. I think he actually has played pretty smart for the most part. Uh, but I don't. I, I, you know, it's like you said, defensive organization is one thing, but when they have more quickness and speed, it's tough. I think really. I think really Martinez's problem was his positioning in the whole game more because he didn't know when to or he didn't know when to go forward, when to stay back and what position was best for certain situations. One so, or two, one or two then, times he got caught out not tr- not you know trailing the man, not staying with the man. Uh, yeah. and and that looked bad, but it wasn't it was the exception not the rule, you know. Mm. But it did happen yeah. a time or two. As I think if we're referring to the Swansea game last night, I think Coco was on the front foot a lot more. I seen him; he did get up a lot more, and he was combining with the likes of Sigurdsson and Rooney. Mm-hmm. That's did you see the overlap um, for the goal? Yeah, there was a good few overlaps that he made, like as you say, for the goal as well. I think that, particularly against Swansea, I think he's probably been wanting to show that, but probably just hasn't been able to. With mm. you know Sam coming in and trying to redevelop the whole defence. Um, I've got a weird feeling that this might be similar to the Liverpool away game, even though we're at Goodison. But, I mean, I mean there have been plenty of examples of Chelsea coming to Goodison in the past and we've took it to them and and ripped them apart. But, like the Naismith game. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly, but you know, under Conte, they do seem like a completely different animal. Really, I think they work like a, a it's just like a well-oiled machine. Really, they're just such a really efficient team. Mm. Well, I think really he, he plays everyone in their position right. So he, mm. and if they've not, they've worked to be in that position, and they are great in that position. Well, and it, he also, I mean, he had the wisdom to try Victor Moses out as as a wing back. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you see it now and you're like, wow, he's, he's pretty solid in that position. You know, he's doing really well there. He's, we knew he had speed. We knew he had attacking prowess. I don't think we realized he had any defensive chops. But he's done well there when he's played in there. So I don't, I don't know, guys. They're, they're an organized squad. They're, they're a deep squad. In the, in the past, they bring Willian off the bench, and that's just insane to me. Yeah, uh, I just feel like he, there's always a moment of quality when he's on the pitch. Um, Did you see that? Um, someone made a comment about it last season with our bench and their bench. You know, they bring on the substitutes, uh, Fabregas, William, uh, Pedro, and we bring on Valencia and someone else. Not anyone. That's that I've referred to several times. I think, you know, yeah. there's obviously in weeks. I think, do we all accept that we're out of the relegation scare now and we're looking up rather than looking down? Do we all accept that? Yeah, I think yeah. so. so. I mean, if, if we're wanting, if we're wanting to, to, to challenge for Europe again and try and become kind of the seventh member of the big six, as the media called us a few mm-hmm. times, we, we, I've said, you know, we need to start up and the just general quality of the squad. There's... You know, we and we talked about it off camera as well. We kept we tend to be quite sentimental, not just as fans, but as a club. I mean, I, I know, I know, you know, Edward, a fan of the likes of Nias, but I, I, I feel we need to up the quality of that. You know, I know, like Cal, Calvert Lewin, for, for example. I say if the January goes the way I want it to go, we bring in someone like Olivier Giroud, we start Olivier Giroud and we can bring a bright spark like Calvert-Lewin off the bench. That's an indication that things are getting better. I think we need to just up the general quality of the squad so we've got a deeper squad with better players that we can bring off the bench and not look like a lesser squad. We need, like, as we say, they bring the likes of William and Fabregas off the bench. They're players that probably make every other squad in the league. Mm-hmm. And, uh, really so- quick, uh, when Sandro came in with Calvert-Lewin, they were both playing, it was, it was we had gone to four four two at that point, correct? No, I think we went four three three because they had um, Sandro and Calvert-Lewin switching. Well, that's and what yeah. I'm saying. Sandro and Calvert-Lewin, I thought, were, were the main ones up front. Yeah, it was just to see the game out. That really wasn't it. Yeah. It was only in like the last minute, I think. Mm-hmm. It was very brief. It was, yeah, it was, it was, I think the 89th minute. So I don't know what instructions he was given. It was, I mean, I know it, the ball kind of went into the corner, and he, he got involved down there. Yeah, you know, this is going to be this is going to be a big game for Calvert Lewin. Mm-hmm. This, I, I feel, um, he's, this is going to be a big game for Sam. If yeah, he, if he's up yeah, for it. it he said, I mean, I watched his interview after the Swansea game, he said, this is a game where we'll really find out what we're made of. Um, it, it, it's a chance that if we do get a result, then I do feel like a, a charge to get a European place maybe on the cards. I think maybe no chance that we're going to get Champions League, but maybe try and get to the 
seven six please I'm, I'm still sticking it with my challenge if we if we get sixth or seventh i'm gonna do a 365 videos that'd be awesome uh, i'm still sticking with that i mean the, the cool thing and somebody actually commented about how strong how what sam has done for our club already and i i responded on the video i said we go into every match and i think we can take some kind of points from it every one you know and this one I don't go into this one thinking, oh, we're gonna we're gonna totally rip them apart. But do I think we can get a point out of this? Yeah. Do I think we can get three points out of this? Yeah, I do. You know, especially if that positivity is, is wonderful. If, if the atmosphere is there for the day, because I feel like the win against Swansea and the couple of games we've gone and beaten, fans are going to be a lot more positive. Like mm. I think Max has said as well in the atmosphere video, mm. the fans are feeling that positivity. That's going to help influence the game here's I a, think as well here's a question if we park the bus how's that atmosphere going to work out not right because we should be going for it if we take this, this this is my my point from the liverpool game that if we are solid and we don't if we just we don't slip at any moment you know and against liverpool we had the salad goal where coco got st- stuck in and he just got done really yeah but I mean, if everyone, Salah's, if everyone, Salah's if everyone does the quality. There's no individual mistakes, and if we take chances that come our way, and that that's going to be my thing is how are we going to create chances because it's going to be Calvert Lewin up there against three centre halves that and one of the best goalkeepers in the league. I feel the three centre halves he's up against dominate him in every single area. Really, I think. If the ball gets launched up, I think they're going to win headers ahead of him. I mean, I know he's done done well in terms of winning headers, but I just think that's probably Chelsea's defence best quality. They are so solid when it comes to balls, like long balls being played at them. They, they get caught occasionally when the ball's been played on the floor. Quick, you know, this is the chance for Dominic to try and show his quickness, really, getting balls in behind. Mm. So... Um, if you look at, I think if we don't, if we don't, go. Cool. No, I was just going to say, uh, as far as their defense goes, Christensen has kind of slotted in there this season. His passing efficiency is ridiculous. He's brilliant. He, he is so good. He was brilliant to Borussia Mönchengladbach, and uh, he's someone that I'd have hoped Everton were looking at. But obviously, I mean, Conte saw his quality and mm. decided to include them in in the Chelsea eleven, and uh, you know. Seeing the fruits of that, he's, he's just so good. Mm. Edward, what were you saying, man? I think um, if we don't if we don't replicate their system, because they are the ones that sort of brought the whole three at the back formation in, and if we we did that last season and we got completely ripped apart, so we shouldn't really try and play their game. We should do our own, you know, try and do it, and it might work for us. So because if we go if we go three at the back, it's not going to work. So I mean, Sam hasn't run three in the back this whole time he's been here. Okay, he's been very consistent. So this leads me to what we think the team's going to be. All right. <laughs> so I actually think it's going to look exactly like the one that just started, regardless of the fact that Schneiderlin didn't really have the best game. I know Big Sam tends to roll with the hot hand between Davies and Schneiderlin. I think he's going to want to be a little more defensive because that's what Schneiderlin is. So I, yeah. I think it'll be the same starters. What about y'all? Well, the I, question is, I, I think, yeah. Sorry, go on, you go, Max. I, well, I'm just going to say I, I agree. I and mean, that's a, this, this is another player that needs to have a top game 
because you know when I've been watching Schneiderland, particularly under Sammy, he's shown how key he is to the defensive shape and to providing cover to our defence, who have seemed to be a lot more confident in the last few weeks. So I think he does need to have a top game more than tonight. Mm. I think really the whole lineup's going to be affected. Are we going to go at them attacking, or are we going to go defensive? Because if we go defensive, Schneider and Luckerman will stick with the same lineup. If we go attacking, we'll put Davies in mm-hmm. and go for that formation that we played against Swansea for the last couple of minutes or so. Mm. Yeah. That, that's what I think is going to be the team. Yeah, it he'll stick. He'll stay with the same defense. Mm. I think so. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, the, the 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 idea of taking Schneiderlin out and putting Davies in, to a casual observer, it would seem almost a like for like type of a type of a sub. Yeah. But for people that are watching every match like we are, we know mm. that there is a difference. But it's a it's a much more subtle difference than putting in a striker. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's you're putting in someone who is just gonna push forward a little bit more and he's gonna make more forward passes rather than sideways and backward passes. Uh, I, yeah, now you brought that up. I think there's a case to be made that if Davies does start, that he can win. He, he can get in positions that will win win us free kicks. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen against Swansea, when you're playing against a team that you feel like you're very technically inferior to, it, it's been the case pretty much forever. Really, set pieces are kind of like a level playing field mm-hmm. with the right ball in and a man on the end of it. You know. You can you can score, and I feel like we've got to utilize this against this Chelsea team, even though they are very good at dealing with set pieces. It wouldn't surprise me if if Nias gets on the bench for this one, guys, um, just because of his athleticism and his uh, tendency to force errors from the other team. He's I, got strength as well, which isn't really what he's got more strength, I think, than Sandro and Calvert Lewin have. Yeah, we so should. He does. He could start. He could start. Yeah, I don't think he's going to start ahead of Calvert Lewin, but mm. I think he's. I think he's going to make the bench ahead of Sandro. I think if I'm not wrong, Sandro started against Chelsea in the league earlier in the season away. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got bowled over. It's because his older his older play was weak, and he just wasn't. He was coming too deep, really, and. He just wasn't making any chances. So, yeah, I, I think that's a really strong case to be made that Nias makes the squad ahead of Sandro. I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, it's hard to it, it's it's a little bit harder to predict what Sam's going to do on the bench. A little easier to predict what he's putting on the field. All right. Uh, so, speaking of predictions, scores. Go on, Jerry. You go first. I'm going to say uh, it's it's maybe insane of me. 1-0, we win. What? I'm, I'm going there. I don't know. I, I like our I, – I, we, we've beaten Chelsea at Goodison before. I Are you feeling positive? I, I am. And you know what? They're not coming off a loss. You know, if they were coming off a loss, I would probably say we'd lose because Conte, when they lose, he tends to really rally them back and they're focused. But they're, it depends. I don't know. It depends how they get on against Bournemouth, I think, because they're not, they're not going to win the league. They've got Barca in, in the Champions League. So, 1-1. One, one. Uh, with my head, I'm going to say, no, actually, I'm going to say with my heart, I'm going to say 2-1.
I think. And with my head. Blues or Chelsea? Oh, the Blues. Everton or Chelsea? 2 1 win. 2 1 win. Mm. Um, but with my head, I think it's going to be a ball draw. I actually think it's going to be a ball draw. I don't. I, I don't think it's going to be a boring game. I think we're gonna we're gonna have to be sharp to not concede really. And I think it, it's going to be kind of one of those games where if it goes to plan, we're going to have a lot more appreciation for the defensive side of the game. Definitely, definitely. First half, I think it'll be interesting. Look, first half, I think is going to look a lot like the derby. I, yeah, I think we'll just be trying to just dull them down, dull them down. Second half, I think will open up. I think we can't can't concede early. Um, I mean, again, it's like it, it's kind of, it's quite similar to the derby, really. Like, mm-hmm. if we concede early, I can see them just running riot. But mm. you know, got to wait and see. Yeah. All right, guys. So I think we've covered this pretty amply. That is the end of our Chelsea preview, and that is the end of the big show. If you've been listening via podcast. Thank you. You're a sweetheart. All right? Why don't you subscribe to our podcast and rate it if you can. That'd be awesome. If you're digging the videos, please subscribe. We're really close to 200. Our young little channel is starting to grow up. It's kind of neat. All right? Uh, you're so sad. <laughs> check, out, uh, check out Max's uh, writing on the Toffee Blues website. Check out Edward's YouTube channel, Jam E. James. Details are down there. Uh, check out the Toffee Blues website. All right? Lots of stuff on there. Check out uh, Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Maybe meet them in the park. It'd just be, just be so nice. Uh, but I think that's, uh, that's it. Uh, David, David, where art thou? I'm assuming you're, you're fine out there. Uh, probably very cold wherever he is. That's what I'll say. Guys, uh, thanks so much. Appreciate the, appreciate the work. Uh, audience, thanks for watching and listening. I guess we're done. Let's have a good let's have a good one this weekend. Bye. Adios.